Welcome to The Take, where I sit down with filmmakers, artists, and world-class racketeers, and we talk about story, life in the biz, and what it all means. Today, I sit down with writer and director Micah Van Hove. Micah has written and directed three feature-length films and just returned from Peru, where he created a short film with the esteemed Werner Herzog. You know, he has a lot to say about the medium of filmmaking, how he fell in love with movies, and how itty-muddy can make a film if they just look around at what they have, be that an interesting cousin or roommate, which is exactly what inspired Micah's most recent film, Shadow of a Gun. Shadow of a Gun tackles the much-heated topic of guns in our country, but instead of taking a side, Micah tries to ride the line of neutrality on this issue and present the topic without making a judgment one way or another. Without further ado, I give you Micah Van Hove. Micah Van Hove, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really glad to have you here. Now, uh, just for those people who don't know, Micah, you've written and directed three feature films. Three of them, two and a half. Two and a half? Well, yeah. What makes you say two and a half? Well, I co-directed one of them. Okay. So, you know, I was half of the brain. I would say that you each get a full credit on that one. Is that how that works? Yeah, I think, I think that's how it works. And you're, right. you're in pre-production for a fourth uh, feature film as well, right? That's true. That is true. Okay, I mean, that's, that's, that's a pretty good record. Three independent feature films. Yeah, I'm going for maximalist strategy, you know. I mean, I'm a minimalist and a maximalist at the same time. Because, minimalist and a maximalist. Yeah, because, you know, I don't really believe in the in this uh, the lauded uh, idealism of, of making a perfect film, like, right out of the gate, you know. You, you just keep grinding and keep learning and um, just make as many as you can. Yeah. Well, you, one thing I've always, like, uh, uh, admired about you as a filmmaker is that I see a lot of other... Uh, and I don't want to put you in the category of aspiring filmmaker. You know, you are a filmmaker. But you, you see a lot of other filmmakers who are, um, you know, creating their career and they, they make short after short after short after short. And you've gone, I mean, you've made shorts, but it looks like you, you really go the extra step and really put in the effort to make, to make a feature. Yeah, I mean, it's the format that I fell in love with. Um, I, shorts, uh, I never, none of my ideas come to me in, in, in short form uh, uh, ways. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit stupid in that way because... When I make a film, it takes me two and a half, three, four, five years instead of two and a half, three, four, five weeks or whatever, you know. So it, I don't know. It's just a different. I just have gone after the format that I fell in love with, and that's that's it. I think I think that's you know admirable, uh, you know definitely. I mean because yeah, it, it takes more, but you know it takes everything. But at the end of the day, then you actually have a a product, an actual product that you could sell. Yes. Versus a short, no one really is going to watch except other filmmakers that's true there's no market for short films but um but short films now are a really good way to market yourself to make a, a larger project happen so yeah i mean there's definitely you know there's definitely merits in making short films and um until i went to recently went to peru and made a short film i hadn't made one in eight years i've only been making features and it kind of reminded me that shorts are fun too. Yeah. You know, shorts are good. So, so yeah, I want, I want to actually talk about that. We we dived right into you know your resume here, but you just you just got back from Peru, where you were working with uh, you were at a program working with Warner Herzog. Yeah, um, I mean that's just like I feel like most people hear that and they're like that. That sounds like the most amazing summer camp I've ever heard of in my life. It was summer camp. It was <laughs> high school. It was like going to high school again with forty eight. Except for everyone in your high school is a filmmaker. And your teacher is Werner Herzog, and, yeah. you're, and you're in the Amazon jungle. Yeah, that had to be insane. 
It was insane. It was beautiful. It was really good. And um, and, and the jungle kind of it, it bit you a little bit. Like you got the the jungle bug. You want to go back? You were, you were saying? Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get back there immediately. I'm trying to make a, a feature down there. I mean, I made a short, and then it reminded me. Oh yeah, okay. There's definitely there's definitely magic here. There's definitely movies here. So I want to go back. And... That's very cool. You know, I, I I had the pleasure of watching your short, but for all the listeners out there who have not, uh, why don't you take us through just a little bit of you know the 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 process of you know the assignment that uh, Hersaw gave you and the other filmmakers and what you did with it. Sure. So yeah, um, we the the program was uh, through a company called Black Factory Cinema, and they've done this a few other times, and they bring forty eight filmmakers to a remote location with a master filmmaker and and say go go, and um, so we we got down there and the theme of of this particular uh, workshop was fever dreams in the jungle which if you're a Herzog fan is a perfect theme for his uh, for his uh, approach to movies um, and we just started location scouting immediately and we had to all publicly um, share our idea of what we were thinking of making was that was that a hard thing for you is there, is there a thing where you think of an idea and you're like as a filmmaker you're like I, I don't want to tell anyone else about this because I want to I don't want you know yeah, I mean, it's not that they're going to steal my idea or anything, but it's just, it, it is a little bit nerve-wracking when, you're, when you're, your idea is in such a, a, a raw form. stage, yeah, yeah, and you have to get up and you have to pitch it to Herzog directly in front of 50 other of your, <laughs> yeah. of your competition, basically. Yeah. How, is he, how um, is he to pitch something to? You know, he's, he's good. I mean, he, he will cut you off. If, yeah. if, you, if you are in the middle of explaining your idea and something feels wrong or you say the wrong thing, He'll cut you right off, and he'll say, "Do this," or "No, that doesn't work," or you know, he's he's uh, he's a master in that way. He can really cut right through um, what's happening in the moment, whether it's looking over your shoulder in an editing room, and he knows exactly what's wrong before you even have explained what's happening. He can just cut right through. He he's just he really has a great intuition for for cinema. So yeah, pitching the idea I think was 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 strange, but you know, I I came to the jungle with. A bit of an inkling of an idea of what I wanted to make already mm-hmm. that ended up completely changing, as I'm sure everyone who went to the program. And that's probably his goal is to you come here and he goes, you know, people come here with ideas, but I'm gonna throw you a curveball. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I mean, just being, as you know, I mean, any creative person knows like the idea in your head and what's happening in reality are two different things. Mm-hmm. And that's what Herzog kept saying. You know, he just kept saying, ideas function differently from cinema. Ideas are not cinema. And it's true. I mean, it's it's you know it's something I've sort of held as self-evident in, in a certain degree. But you know, ideas are plentiful and essentially useless. You know, what is an idea? Like, um, an idea is just something that happened in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a world out there. There's there's people. There's uh, there's places. There's energies happening. So um, that's where cinema happens. You know. N- all the script writing, all the pre-production, everything. The only thing that matters is what happens in that room on that day. You know? Yeah. So, or, yeah. So, um, so he kind of reinforced a lot of those things that I had been feeling for a long time. And, but yes, pitching my idea to him was... Nerve-wracking. It was a bit, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, everyone yeah. was a bit nervous yeah, during that was stage. It, was, it, yeah. was it the first night you got there? Was there like a introductory like feast and drinking? Or was it just like, all right, up to your feet? Yeah, it was, it, so there's two days of... Um, 
the first day was just sort of or getting oriented with the space. We okay. were staying in the jungle at an eco lodge called Incaterra, about forty minute boat ride from any town. And cut out these burps. No, we like them. It keeps it, it keeps it real. Lets the audience know that this is this is authentic. I'm a living, breathing yeah. human being. Um, and then the first two days were location scouting. So we they just took us on on the boats to various places nearby where we were in sort of southeast Peru, which is in the Amazon jungle. <clears throat> And there were no cameras allowed. So just come and look and absorb. They brought us to a native community of people living about an hour boat ride down from where we were. Um, people living in the jungle, subsisting off of Brazil nut farming, you know, um, have their own schools, have their own every community completely. Um, so that was interesting, you know, like getting off the boat and being greeted by a man in a dress and a headdress. Yeah, and, the real thing. Yeah. Oh, I've arrived. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was interesting. And then, so the first two days were location scouting, and then the third day was, you know, tell us your, tell us what you want to make. And then he would say, yes, do that idea, or no, do something else, or go for it, but it's going to fail. You know, he would kind of say various, <laughs> he yeah, he would sort of give people direction, a little bit of advice on now, that. Now, do idea. you think his wisdom comes from, like, God-born talent, or is it acquired from 50 years of making movies? Well, certainly there's... Um, Certainly, there's both hap- both yeah. at play. I mean, I've been making movies for ten years, and I've developed certain instincts that I don't. I'm not even aware of anymore. That just um, you know, if I'm see- sitting in an editing room with somebody and they're asking me their advice, I have a bunch of things I just would say immediately. They just come to me, and it's the same with him, except for it's just so much more intense because Compounded. he's been doing yeah. it for so much longer, and he's made so many great films that I think his instincts are just are just on his sleeve yeah so yeah he's an interesting director to me because it's he's he's hard to label down and put in a a cookie cutter you know it's not like oh he does these kind of movies or he does those kind of movies and that's why i feel like for those who haven't seen your your work you kind of uh adhere to that same uh uh, rationale a little bit where i feel like in a similar way where i've seen a couple of your films especially this recent film feature film you just made shadow of a gun which uh, really blurs the line almost between um, uh, documentary or real life and and fiction and fact. You don't know what's what, and that is just a really interesting aspect to me. And I wonder if you could you could talk a little on that uh, on that. Yeah, well, um, movies are just movies. You know, I mean, genre is uh, something that was invented so the accountants can keep track, right, of, yeah. of what's selling, so they can try to figure out. You know what is this? A horror movies work. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's 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 an art form. It's it's uh, stories are stories, movies are movies. It, it, there are no distinctions. I mean, every documentary you've ever seen is a work of fiction. You know, this is something that people don't understand. That's what people don't understand. I wonder, wonder if you could say that again. Every documentary you've ever seen is a work of fiction. It's it's so basic, but people who absorb movies don't understand it as well as people who make movies because. They don't see that side of the process. Mm-hmm. That it's all manipulation. I mean, as soon as you, as soon as every work of composition is a work of fiction. So, as soon as you start um, composing your your film, your documentary, or anything, you have a point of view. Yeah, with your point of view, or or however you're approaching it, um, it, it it becomes fiction. It becomes a story. It becomes a movie. So there's no there's no such thing as reality anymore. Uh, there's no such thing as fly on the wall. There's no such, no such thing as cinema verite anymore. Um, 
there sort of was for a moment in the 40s when when cameras finally made their way to the hands of the Italians um, and they started making movies about just poverty and people on the street and, and nobody had seen anything like that before so it felt real it was just recording people who didn't they weren't aware of the oh it's a camera now I got to act a certain way exactly so so but that is over now because now it's just a style yeah that, that you mimic but um, that's interesting but yeah I mean there a movie is a movie and and I like to use non-actors in my in my films I like to you know I like to sit in the corner and you know digital technology has allowed me to to explore performance that way because I like to just pick a spot with a camera, sit in the corner, film my subject, whether it's a narrative or a documentary, and just wait, you know, wait until life happens, you know? Wait, that's an interesting... It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm yelling things at them too, <laughs> but, you know, I'm very patient in that way. Yeah. And I think digital technology has allowed me to do that in my first few films where otherwise I might not be able to just keep rolling and burning film. You so know? in your first few films, would you say your, your favorite moments are unexpected and you just w w came out of uh, organic waiting and, and working through the process? Well, yeah. I mean, I think my favorite thing in life is the unexpected. You know, it's, you know, uh, if I knew what was going to happen on that day with the camera and the actors, then why would I show up? You know, it's interesting. I mean, there's uh, chaos is, is what I, what I thrive on. And so like, yeah, just being in Peru, not knowing what's going to happen, like, you know, it's a game. It's a game of, of life, you know. You, you're walking around, you're trying to figure out, like, what's going on. But it's, I don't know, I, I just feel like, I feel like the, the ambiguity of everyday life is so interesting to me. And the only way to really capture that is by embracing that, embracing chaos, and... I'm, I'm most excited when I'm filming something, filming a scene or a moment which is only going to happen once, and nobody in the room has any idea what's hap going to happen next. Yeah, you know, and whether it's a narrative or a documentary, I'm trying to find that. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, it reminds me. Well, I was just working on a uh, a film with John Travolta, actually, oh, yeah. and uh, the uh, the scene called for him pushing me at the end. And we were rehearsing it, and he goes, you know, what, what if I choked you here instead of pushing you? Of course. And I'm like, you know, oh, I'm down for it. So he's like, don't tell any of the crew. So we walk out there, and, you know, the scene ends with him choking me now, and everybody, it, it, just not telling the crew that that's happening made it more real for us. Because everybody else is reacting like it's real, they're coming up afterwards, are you okay? And just the keeping a secret, it, it, it allowed it to blend, it blend the, the, uh, the idea of reality versus fiction. What, what's real, what's not real. You know, what, what's real, what's not real when someone's hands are around your neck. I mean, like, it, it, it's <laughs> yeah. not... I mean, I guess that in their head, they're not actually going to try to kill you. But maybe... But they might. But, but maybe who someone's hands around their neck aren't planning on killing you either when they're not in a movie. Yeah. So... That's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's great. I mean, that's... that's I mean, that's the funnest part of the whole thing, you know, is when you get to subvert the moment yeah you know? and and nobody knows what to do it's a, it's a train that's out of control you know should we stop it do we keep going do we film like you know i don't know that those moments i think are, are amazing so yeah. yeah i mean i think i think uh that's that's the moments where great actors rise or where where there is such a thing as a great actor who can take a moment and lift it off and and go somewhere else from the page and a great director maybe will allow that totally or you know foster that environment yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing worse than like 
when you're working on something and you know somebody goes off script for a moment and then they just keep going and then the director goes oh cut 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 or they like or somebody's like oh were you supposed to like you know where they like, they, oh, they actually like were you supposed to use your right hand yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. are you kidding me that was the best performance i've ever given yeah it's like it's like to embrace those unknown the moments moment. the runaway moments yeah like that's that's the most exciting thing about making movies in my opinion that's really cool um so uh so how's travolta man <laughs> i mean travolta is an amazing guy i bet he is he was such a genuine performer and such a genuine artist, you, uh, I mean, just to say like he's a super nice guy, you'd be like, oh, for a movie star, he's a super nice guy. Like, no, no, for anybody, he is a super nice guy. If he wasn't John Travolta and you met that person, you would say, that's a nice guy. Like, that's how nice he is. Right. And he's, uh, he, you know, his ego is not in the way. He's, he's, you're working on a scene with him, and he's, he's giving a, his crazy advice and he he's he's uh, open to hear what you have to say. So there's not, he doesn't come in with this ego where he goes, "This is it. This is how it's gonna go." And you just you know follow train. It's really he keeps it collaborative and he keeps it positive. And it was like, uh, it was such a pleasure. That it was so cool. cool. That's you know, really like cool. slapping yourself in the face. Be like, I'm working with John Travolta right now. Yeah. But he's like such a nice guy and so giving as a as a performer that it's you know when you're doing the scene you forget. Because he, he lets his ego go and he's the character and he's you're working off him and you're like, oh, this is I'm working with another actor here. And he has a love for the craft and that shows and if you do too, you know, he respects you. So Yeah, man. It's it's that's great. I'm glad you had that experience. I mean it's to be in the presence of of masters, you know, have been doing it for their whole lives, it's yeah. like, I remember it's invaluable. He, I remember Travolta said at one point he goes, um, you know, he's he starts he's worked with so many amazing directors that he, all of a sudden he gives these little little notes and he goes, you know, oh so uh, Tarantino once told me, and like everybody on the crew like leans in, you know, <laughs> and he's like, you know, Tarantino once told me, he's like, direction can be simple. It doesn't have to be philosophical. He said, Tarantino once told me, you know, put the inflection on this word, not that word. And for Travolta in his, in Pulp Fiction, all of a sudden it opened up this whole scene to him for some reason. You know, it was just, it was something so simple. So, you know, a director can maybe see something and go, I don't know what that is, but, um, it's just interesting that something you might think it has they have to you know really get in the head of the character and the director has to be super in the head to, to come up with that note right but something so simple can be so revealing yeah I mean I've, I've in my experience my short short 10 years almost of making movies I've I've learned you know every actor is different but by and large you know filling their head with philosophy or complicated things <laughs> yeah. doesn't work you know yeah. if you want them to change something, just change something really simple and, and say it in a few words mm -hmm. because there's nothing, you know, actors are physical, instinctual beings in, in a lot of ways. It's like, just tell them something that they can grab onto, you know, that's, yeah. like, that's easy, you know. Um, you know, use your right hand during this scene to touch the gun. Mm -hmm. Okay, action. You know, like... But everything else you're doing is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. doing great. I don't know. I don't give much positive you feedback. Don't, you, don't, you don't give much positive feedback. I, I try not to. Really? I mean, um, some some actors suck it out of me because they need it oh, so bad. Oh, they really need it, right? But, like, hey, was that good? Was that good? Yeah, I mean, and I, I, <laughs> I've, ha I've had the same thing, though. You yeah. want it. Like, you know, you do, right. you do a scene, and you look over at the director like a, a little puppy who did a trick. And you're like, <laughs> daddy-like? And, you know, I'm, I'm a complete fault for that. Yeah. But it's interesting to hear you're uh, you're yeah, like don't I, look at me. I try not to not to give into that because 
because I don't know. I think I think there's a time and place for positive reinforcements, and it's and it's not it's not while you're working on the scene. Okay, I don't fair. know. I feel like you know because if 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 everything's working and it's actually like exactly what we want, that's great. But that's so rare as a director, at least for my my experience. In my experience, I'm always trying to push because I'm working with little resources. I'm working with non-professional actors. I'm working with inexperienced people. So I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. Yeah. I'm like, we need to get this to the next level because it's not good right here. <laughs> you know? So I'm trying to find a way to do that and positive reinforcement never gets me there. Interesting. Um, it's always... It kind of plateaus it, you think? It just doesn't, it doesn't make me feel good saying it because I'm not... Genuine. Be, not genuine, so I don't like to say things that are not genuine. Fair enough. And I find that actors, non-actors and more inexperienced actors is I mostly work with are better when they're more uncomfortable. Interesting. I don't so I don't like to make them feel comfortable and I don't like I don't like comfort. Yeah. You know, it's like that's not what I'm after. Cinema is not about comfort to yeah. me. It's like if everyone was just comfortable and we're just doing the lines and we're just doing this scene and everyone's feeling good about it then then like you know we can all jerk off on our own, you know? Yeah. Like let's let's get into it's a about room. danger. Yeah, let's yeah. yeah, let's push each other. Let's get angry. Let's 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 get this thing into an energy that it wasn't there. It wasn't there before that we can capture and put in the put in the camera, you know, because because um, I, I just can't I, I can't I couldn't stand putting a bad performance in, into a movie, and I can't feel good about that, you know yeah. what I mean? And and so well, th- this element you're bringing up remind uh, makes me think of the movie you just finished. You wrote and directed, co-directed, uh, Shadow of a Gun. Well, I directed that. You directed that. Yeah. Fully directed that. Sorry. Yeah. You wrote and directed uh, Shadow of a Gun. With- co-wrote. <laughs> you son of a bitch, Micah. Yeah. So you co-wrote and directed this movie, Shadow of a Gun, which really pushes the envelope of danger and fear, and really ties into our our current state of uh, you know hyper awareness of gun violence. Um, you know what? Can you just speak a little on this movie? Give it a little synopsis if you could too, just so people know what this movie is that we're talking about. Yeah, um, the film is called Shadow of a Gun, as you mentioned, and it's a um, it's a story about a man who likes to build guns in his garage, as many American young men do. And uh, he becomes friends with a neighbor of his who walks by one day, sees him building a gun, and gets interested. And it's a story about two people who have vastly different views on what a gun is and how to treat a gun and what a gun does for their personality and what it does for their identity. And those two point of views come to come to conflict um and it was a really interesting chance for me to kind of explore guns in a way that i'd never mm-hmm. i've never <clears throat> done before i mean i i'm i am much like one of the characters in the film i just my roommate was building an ar-15 in his garage one day in the garage that we both uh inhabited from time to time and I was curious because I didn't know that he was into guns. And I sat down with him and I started to understand what he got out of it. And what he got out of it was much, much like what I get out of making movies. It's a, it was a creative outlet for him. You know? so interesting because most people do not see that at all, right? Yeah, and that's what I found yeah. inter- interesting because nobody sees that side of it. It's all just, oh, if you're a gun owner, you're going to kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, you know, sure, that happens sometimes. But more often than not, it doesn't. And... um that's not to say that I ignored the other side of that that equation because the film does deal with um, 
a character who's attracted to the power of the weapon and attracted to the wrong reasons for it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of just putting those two next to each other, you know, and, and, and trying to understand that it, it's a tool and it is what you make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is what each individual makes it. It is an, an inanimate object. It's not, uh, it doesn't um, project on you. You project on it. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely a learning experience for me in terms of... I, I would say that because I, I was uh, fortunate enough to go to the screening of it, that depending on the viewer, they will take something different from it. I feel like, you know, you could, you could walk away from that movie saying, God, they got to ban those guns immediately because look what almost happened in this movie. Yeah. Or you could walk away from that movie going, wow, uh, you know, maybe there is more to this than I actually thought. Good. Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, I, I, cinema for me, movies uh, for me, um, are, are, I'm not, I'm not a message oriented filmmaker. I'm not interested in messages. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in metaphors. (laughs) I'm interested in pure energy, essentially. And and interested in sitting with a, with a character and sitting with a person and understanding who they are, what's going through their head. And, And I think, um, I didn't start. I didn't set out to make this film as a guns are bad. MK. Mm-hmm. I didn't set out to make this film as a you know guns are more benign than you thought. MK. Yeah. It was really just <clears throat> me trying to sit with my own feelings about my roommate building one in the garage, and there's there's complicated gray areas there, and that's what I think cinema's beautiful tool to explore are the gray areas of culture, the gray areas of of um, of issues. And so this, this film was more about how these two individuals approached their gun ownership and their gun hobby. And I think a lot of people could identify with it, but I wasn't trying to make a political movie, mm-hmm. even though it will be political inevitably because of the climate we're in. The climate we're in, the subject matter, and just because anything that comes out of your mouth or comes out of your body or that you create is political by yeah. nature of it is created by you and you are a collection of your contacts. And people will frame it as such, and yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's interesting that you say that. You know, you didn't. I think that that served the movie well. That you didn't come out with saying, "Oh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that." You kind of, um, in a way, set up these these two worlds. You let you let the audience into the minds of these people, and then the audience or the viewer gets the chance to, uh, you know, make a decision on themselves. Yeah, and, and that's what I. That's what I'm very. Yeah, well, I'm glad that's what you yeah. got from it because that's what I what so I you, intended. You had a successful Kickstarter campaign for this. This is how you got the movie going. Yeah, Kickstarter boy. Kickstarter. Um, <clears throat> you got any tips? Um, just make a good video. You know, have a good idea, have a good project. I mean, that's the cool thing about Kickstarter is that it's like if you build it properly, they will come. They will come. I yeah. mean, I've used Kickstarter three times and. It's a beautiful way to, first of all, just test yourself, test your own idea. You know, is this worth putting out into the world and Mm -hmm. raising money with and like putting my dignity on the line, you know, um, to ask for money? Yeah. Um, Do you you think there's a lot of filmmakers that don't do Kickstarter just because they're embarrassed? Of course. Yeah. I hear it all the time. I mean, I know personally many people who go, I don't want to do that. Yeah. how, How badly do you want to make a movie? Obviously not badly enough to be embarrassed possibly. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. You know, then you're done. You're already done. You're out. That's, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I don't think the embarrassment factor is, is really as big as people make it out to be. But um, 
no, Kickstarter has been great because it's it's like you can hone your own idea. It, it, it's basically like pitching your movie to a studio or something. Mm-hmm. So you're just pitching it to the directly to the audience, you know, and directly to people who you already know that might want to support you already, which is helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Kickstarter was great to get this project made because otherwise it wouldn't have. I mean, you've seen it. It's a strange movie, right? I mean, it's it, it, it walks some fine lines. It's not a pitchable traditionally pitchable movie so kickstarter made it possible and that's great so now you're you're uh, you finished it now it's went off to festivals and trying to get a distribution deal um and, and such yeah so at the moment um at the moment we have only seen festival rejections you know okay um it, it's um i mean i think it's a pretty interesting movie but it just seems like the country doesn't want this movie right now i that's kind of the vibe i'm getting from it i mean i've submitted a about 20 U.S. festivals, and we've been rejected from almost all of them. And um, there's really no way to really account to know as a filmmaker why your film is being rejected. Either it's just not good enough in general, mm-hmm. or the subject matter is too risky or weird. Or it's not it's not saying the right – you're saying you set out with this without a political message. Right. Maybe they're saying, oh, we only want to – at this time, we're only letting films that they are straight against guns. Sure. Your your film could be pro guns, and we're not for that. We're not going to stand behind a film. Yeah. Is yeah. Mean, I mean, that, that a, could be it. There's a million reasons why the festivals don't uh, accept certain films. There's tons of competition. <clears throat> so I don't know. The film hasn't found a festival home yet this year in the states. We still have about 15 more festivals uh, abroad and and in various other places that we're waiting to hear from, and hopefully we'll find a home. But if not, we're gonna put it out ourselves, mm-hmm. and we do we do feel confidently that it is a movie a lot of people will identify with. A lot of people from all walks of life, whether you're involved with gun ownership or not, um, I don't know. Just it feels like a, a slice of of life and a, a way to understand a way in to understand mm-hmm. gun ownership a little bit more. And it feels like there's not a film that necessarily because your film doesn't. Usually, any film about guns goes one side or the other real hard. Totally. And your film doesn't. Yeah. So it's something that people could of different uh, opinions about guns could watch together and almost come together over. Hopefully, right? Yeah. I mean, and and even my own opinion has developed to the to the way to to a degree where my conversations that I have with people about guns, I feel like I'm the conservative one now because I feel like I have I have new sides of the argument that I didn't have before. It's interesting. So it's like, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, um, I do think it's an eye-opening film yeah. for gun ownership. Um, but ultimately, the film isn't about gun ownership as much as the effect that guns can have on a nascent friendship. And it's more about friendship than it is about guns, but guns are the thing. The driving. The driving force yeah. that kind of you know, causes the conflict and the friendship. So, so what are you working on next? Um, next, I'm trying to get back to Peru as soon as oh, possible. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you made the short in Peru. You made two shorts in Peru. Yeah. And now you're going back to try to do a, a, a feature Yeah. based off one of the shorts. Yeah, well, not necessarily based off one of the shorts, but with hopefully the same actor from one of the shorts that I found down there. And, um, yeah, I, I just fell in love with Peru, and there's a lot of really – crazy energy down there there's a lot of really good energy and we see that you see that with you know all the um, people are going down in in droves to to do uh, ayahuasca ceremonies sure. and i mean it's like a 
it, it is a place right now that feels like it's like an epicenter of eye opening. Uh, it's like it's like the eye opening up in the in the world. <laughs> it's the it's the world's third eye. Yeah, it's the world's third <laughs> eye right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't I, I I didn't know much about Peru going in honestly to it, and then I, I learned a lot about it. I still have a lot to learn, but. One of the biggest things I learned about it being down there in the Amazon jungle that affected me the most is a lot of the uh, illegal gold mining that's happening down there. Illegal. Illegal. So there's a lot of people who are, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, economy drives a lot of these decisions mm-hmm. and it's not a, the economy is not in great shape, but there's a lot of illegal gold mining happening, people fracking in the jungle, deforesting um, uh, lots and lots of the Amazon jungle to. Um, to mine for gold and this causes mercury to enter the rivers and it's devastating the area right now and it's um, really sad because it's you would think that like it's 2018 you know human beings don't need shiny things anymore yeah the shiny gold is a shiny object should be over but the fact of the matter is it's in our iphones it's in our computers gold that's why it's happening you know? So it's it's less for jewelry now and more to exactly it's more technology. Oh, is it because it's a soft metal that is able to? It's a, it's a strong or conductor or conductor, something. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know the technical reason, but well, why don't you? Because yeah, I'm a fucktard. <laughs> yeah, but, I chose filmmaking. <laughs> yes, but I'm learning. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm at the beginning of learning about that whole process and like how That's that so affects the local uh, communities, how it how the money from the gold mining finds its way through a back door into the into the government, and how it causes corruption and. It's because of our fucking iPhones, you know? So it's like (laughs) the world is in a very precarious, strange place right now. And this is one of the things that I I sort of witnessed down there that affected me. And there's an aspect of that that I would like to include in this this feature-length story down there. But it's not the main aspect, but it is. It is going on, so it will be a part of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard heard that there's this, um, like... 1842 California gold rush town like in Peru. in Peru about 20 miles north of where I was that's like you know saloons and hookers no and everyone's way. got guns strapped on them and everything's really expensive and everyone's mining gold and shooting each other and like so it's, it's like it's the wild west in Peru right wild now wild west of gold mining in Peru and I want to go there that's with a, a camera that's, that's a movie yeah but it's scary to go there yeah because it's dangerous and I don't know how to get and in you're there you're the yet. gringo Exactly. So, you know, I'll grow my beard and I'll get tan and shit, but... I'm, I'll, I'll, I got no chance. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, nothing you, I can do. You can be my, uh, you can be my uh, you know, uh, on-the-ground producer in California. You can <laughs> yeah, be, I'll, I'll you be can here. Corresponding. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to go to Peru. I want to get in the jungle. I want to get in the thick. You should, man. I need to get in there. It's a beautiful thing. I just got a book uh, showing you vagabonding, which is about uh, long-term travel. That's what I'm trying to get into right now a little bit. You know, it's, it's this idea that we give ourselves oh, a week of travel. Oh, well, I'll go and it's like, it, it's like a little checklist. I went here and you come back and it's, it, it does nothing for you. It's tourism. It's tourism. Other than what you can tell people and show people, and oh, I saw this, I saw that. But it, it really doesn't, it's not a long enough time to actually change your mind. And, um, you know, there's, just reading this book for a little bit is so interesting because it talks about how most people you know, put off what they want to do until it's too late to do it. And I feel like that could uh, relate to filmmaking. It relates to travel, obviously. It relates to a million things. But there's this idea that people go, oh, I'm going to work. I'm going to, you know, get my career to where I want it to get. I want to get the, 
you know, the, the girl that I want to get. And then, then I'll do this. Like, no, like that's most likely not going to happen because as you get older, you just get more responsibilities and more weighed down and more things. And so if you're going to do it, I mean, you just went to Peru. You, you did it. So, yeah. And, and the, and the, the crazy thing is I wouldn't have gone if it wasn't for this workshop, you know, and yeah. for, for Herzog, you know, being a part of it. And so, but so he, totally he knows right. something, he know he's, he's like, I'm going to get these guys down here. But I got a similar lesson out of being there. It's just, I want to go more places. And, and yeah. when I was there, I was in the presence of 48 other filmmakers from 35 different countries. And I want to go to all their countries yeah. now because it's like, it's just, I've totally got the travel bug and it's, and life is such a precious thing. And you never know. Like, Time is our really only commodity. The only actual finite. Thing. It's the only thing. So get out there, man. So get Vagabonding out immediately. Vagabond. There's no, there's no time like now because, because <laughs> that it literally isn't. We're gonna be dead. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's true. You know, it's... So any advice for um, fellow filmmakers, people? I mean, you've, you've gone out. You've, you've produced, written, and directed three feature-length independent films. I mean, that's you know most people hope to, are probably sitting there writing a script, looking to do a short, looking to you know maybe do a feature. What is your I mean, it seems like your advice from what I'm getting is just do it, like find a way and make it happen. Or, or yeah, I mean, and and that's that's the advice that everyone will will give everyone because yeah. it's, it's the most cliche advice, but it makes the most sense. The reason is cliche. You know, there's a reason. Yeah, I mean, you have to just do it. But you know, um, I guess should try to give advice that isn't just do it as a vague thing. Um, really try to look around you look at your life and see what you have you know work with what you have because mm -hmm. everyone's got something you know even if you don't have a dollar in your pocket um but you have an interesting cousin you know you can make a film i mean <laughs> like look around at your life and what you have and see how you can combine that element with this element this person with this location and think about what could be created there what kind of energy you can find there because more often than not, there's, there's, you can create something out of nothing. You know, that's what cinema has taught me is that, you know, with a few people in a room, you can create energy. And energy is, in my opinion, what's most important and, and most valuable. So if you if you can create energy out of the resources you already have, then you'll be fine. You'll be fine for the rest of your life making movies because that's all. It's that's all you need. Well, I I don't wanna add anything else to that to mess that up that was that was that was pretty amazing man so hey i think we did it all right all well right. congrats on your on the podcast man yeah man thanks for having me yeah we'll, we'll have you back thank you micah